Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? Cinema Super Collider, we're looking at the 1988 cult favorite, They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, according to the credits, it's just Roddy Piper. Oh, he's not Rowdy. Well, I think that, I think you can only use that in connection with his wrestling career. Oh, right. Because... Oh my God, the McMahons are going to come after us. Well, we didn't do anything. Well, I just said Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's well, probably belongs. Well, you can belongs. say it. It's not like the Candyman where you can't <laughs> say it. Like, if you say Rowdy Roddy Piper three times in the mirror, Vince McMahon's not going to come tumbling through and cut a <laughs> promo with you. That would be pretty awesome if that happened. That would actually be pretty hilarious. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. But you know what? If that actually happened, that would be terrifying. Oh, sure. It's like, really, like, like, super terrifying. Yeah, like some, just, Yeah. I don't, you know what, anybody tumbling through my mirror after I say their name three times, is that's going to be terrifying. I get terrified when, like, a bug crawls out of the, like, drain and surprises me. Yeah, not as terrified as I get when there's a, a centipede on the ceiling oh, over the bed. Eric can't do that. I can't do it. He can't do it. Megan's like, fuck, I don't care if a centipede lands on me. Well, I don't care if the centipedes, like, the thing is, is when I'm asleep, the centipedes probably have a party on me. I don't know. Yeah, well, if I'm asleep, I don't care. Right. But you, I just don't like lying there in bed looking up at the ceiling and watching waiting. the centipede, like, like starting to lose its grip on the ceiling over my head. Yeah. And then it drops on you. Then it drops on you. Mm-hmm. What's happened to me? I know. It's freaked me out. It's a true story. Don't like it? Nope. Not at all? I don't care. Well, so how long did it take <laughs> this episode to get off the track of talking about the movie today? It, well, no, we were talking about things that were frightening, and you, look, I don't need to recap this. We just lived through it. Right. Yes. So, They Live. What is They Live about, Eric? They Live is about an out-of-work guy who discovers glasses that allow him to see the world as it truly is, which is being run by a group of aliens that are controlling all of our human minds and changing the planet so that they can invade. Yep, that's pretty much it. It's basically kind of a long, drawn-out Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. I am probably could have been a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. And the whole story could have been done in about 25 minutes, 20 minutes, however yeah. long those were. But Yeah, it, it could have done a half-hour episode or certainly an hour-long episode. Yes. Yeah, I did feel at times... I, I enjoyed the movie. I will say that up front. I thought it was good. I enjoyed uh, Roddy Piper. I enjoyed Keith David, who is kind of the second build guy in this in this movie. The guy that narrated jazz. Yeah, I, it was amazing because like, I've seen jazz on whatever PBS or something. And Eric turns to me, he's like, man, that guy sounds a lot like the guy that narrated the, the Ken Burns documentary Jazz. And I was like, yeah, I don't remember. Sure, maybe. There's a million people that do those things. And then we looked it up and it was him. He does have a very distinctive voice. Very mellifluous. Yes. Jazz. Yes. I, I wish that we could get Keith David to narrate the fight in the alley 
in this movie. It'd be neat if they had uh, commentary tracks on DVDs like they used to back in the early days of DVD. Well, this might have been... So we you might have gotten that. You we know. watched this off of an actual DVD that I got from yeah. Netflix. But if it comes from Netflix, you don't necessarily get those extras. They're like special for Netflix without shit on them. Oh, really? It's true, yeah. Oh. yeah. Not generally for older films and stuff no, like this. It's usually no. like new releases. Well, yeah. Like if you get a new release, it'll have just the movie and the trailers on it. And it's like, if you want any of the DVD extras, you have to go out and buy it or Netflix, you have to like make a special pick at Netflix and they'll send you the DVD that's got the extras on it. Mm, yeah. I don't generally, because you never know what you're going to get with those DVD extras. Yeah, they're usually lame these days. I used to love the commentary tracks. Commentary tracks were really those great. Were great. And it was like the thing that really sold me on DVD early on, other than the fact that they looked a lot better, but it was so interesting to be able to hear commentary tracks where before all you got was a crappy movie on on the tape. Yeah, I, I enjoy the commentary tracks, most of them that, that I've seen. <laughs> I also like it when weird things happen during the commentary tracks where you're just like, did he just say that? Did he just shit on his movie? Yeah, those are great moments. He did shit on his movie, and the producer's sitting next to him. Hmm. Yeah. That must are... have been an awkward conversation after that got done. Yeah. Yeah, I do like those. But yeah, so this DVD had shit on it. This DVD was like, oh, you like this John Carpenter film? You might like these other two John Carpenter films. They, did they have trailers for them? No. Did they have any kind of information about them? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. It was just pictures. Just It's just the cover of you the DVD. You may like The Thing or... Uh, what was it? Children, uh, the, not children of the corn, but, uh. No, no. Well, it's, what's the one about the, the kids that, uh, they're all, like, they're, a gas comes and impregnates everybody and they Village grow up. of the Damned? Village of the Damned. It was like his remake of B- Village of the Damned. Yeah. Doesn't, isn't Village of the Damned the one with all the Nazis or, no, that's, uh, no. Boys from Brazil. Yeah. Okay. No, Village of the, the Damned. Adolf Village of the Damned is one maybe to do, like, for next Halloween or something. Mm. Not a bad idea. No. We the original also, one is way better than the than the remake, I think. We could also do Children of the Corn because that's a shitty movie. Oh man, Children I love Corn. shitting I on can, that movie. Yeah, it's horrible. Do. Oh, oh it's so bad. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get through. It's a lot of weird child actors too, which I really like. Yeah, this we, film. Oh, I'm sorry. Go oh ahead. no, 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 no. We're not even talking about They Live. We should talk about They Live because that's what this episode is about. Not Children of the Corn or Village of the Damned or any of these other fucking movies. So. So it starts with Roddy Piper, not Rowdy Roddy Piper, but Roddy no, no, Piper. No, just Roddy Piper. He's a serious thespian, Eric. He's a serious thespian. He's got a huge pack on his back and he wanders into the city of Los Angeles looking for work. Yep. We don't know. He's out of work mm-hmm. and the economy is depressed. Yes. And he's looking high and low and can't find work. He winds up on a construction site and he just kind of starts working there. Right. The foreman is like, hey, this is a union job. And the guy's like, Piper's like, hey, show me the shop steward or whatever. And nobody talks to anybody. He just takes his shirt off and starts working. Yeah, I believe. So we did do one other Roddy Piper cinematic adventure on the show. We did uh we did Hell Comes to Frogtown, which you might remember is a thing that he's in and he has to, he, well, he has to, he has to have sex with lots of women so that they can have babies. He plays Sam Hell. Right. But. And he wh- comes to Frogtown. Right. Hence the name. I believe that Roddy Piper's contracts stipulate that he must appear shirtless no less than twice in any movie that he is in because. There, he was basically just shirtless all the time in Hell Comes to Frogtown. And in this movie, anytime he was exerting himself in any manner, he took his shirt off. And he's not, he's not a bad looking guy. I'm just saying, like, it's just funny. It's sort of like Jacob in the Twilight movies. It's like, oh, you hurt yourself. I take my shirt off. 
Oh, that's a great mo- moment in that film. Eric loves the Twilight movies, guys. I really do. He loves I really do. them. We're gonna. I don't. I don't love them in an unironic way. Oh no, no, no I only. They're... I only love them in an ironic way. They're... But in an ironic way, I I love those movies. They those are, are great. Horrible. They are great. They are amazingly bad. But. So Roddy Piper takes off his shirt and does and some starts construction work, constructing things. He's digging with a shovel. He has his own tools, so he's doing whatever he can do with the tools he, he brought. I guess he's a construction worker. He's an out-of-work construction worker. Sure. And at the end of the day, the foreman's like, "Hey, buddy, get, you got to get the fuck out. You got to get out of here." And he's like, "When do I get paid?" And the guy's like, "Well, I'll pay you Thursday." Yeah. So that was kind of a, a thing, you know. It's like the one way to get a job: you just start working. Sure. I and mean, then, like, hopefully at the end of the day, the foreman's like, hey, this dude did a lot of work. I guess we should find we a way should, to hire you, this guy. You got like a 20 on you? No? You got some leftover pizza? I'll probably take that. That's cool. Let's so give me the leftover pizza. He's like totally homeless. He's got no place to stay. One of the other guys, a construction worker there is like, hey, there's a, like, like a. It's a shanty town. A shanty town. It's a like hoboville. A, like a hobo camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too far from here where you can get some food and some shelter and they'll, they have they'll showers. be nice to you and you got some showers. You should head on over there. And so Roddy Piper follows this guy back to the shanty town. And then they have dinner. They have dinner. They're like standing in a soup line and they get like, you know. Roddy Piper gets a lot of peas. He gets, the ladies, peas. He gets some extra peas. The lady's like, do you want some more? And he's like, yes. Yeah, damn right. I want yes, some extra peas. Yes, I want peas. Because he can have peas. Yeah. <laughs> and so Piper and Keith David have a little conversation. And Keith David says, man, you know, guys like us can't get ahead. The system is stacked against us. We don't even stand a chance out there in this world. And Roddy Piper says, like, hey, listen, I still believe in democracy. I still believe in America. I think if you work hard and follow the rules, that success will eventually come your way. And they both kind of look at each other and say, well, we agree to disagree. Yes. And then almost 20 years in the future, we find ourselves in the exact same situation, but for reals now. Yeah, I know. Well, when we were watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, this is going to be really hard to do this movie and not bring up Trump. Yeah, and not make direct well, yeah, Trump and, and just society in general. Trump well, this- is Trump is the the spearhead of this whole idea of this of this ruling elite of the that reptoids is, that are yeah, taking that over. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. they're essentially different from they they essentially aren't regular people anymore. Right. And they don't these really, are people who are beyond human. Right. At, and at they don't point. give a shit about the quality or standards on the planet as long as they get ahead and it makes it comfortable for them. Right. 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 And these are the people that that eventually Roddy Piper finds out about. Right, through his magic sunglasses. Yeah, they're hanging around the camp at night. There's a TV set on, and they're watching. There's like these these lame-ass TV shows, which are very similar to lame-ass TV shows that you might have seen in the 80s or today. Yeah, very, there's a lot of shit TV. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and the TV shows seem to be constantly interrupted by this bearded guy with glasses who is sort of warning about the uh, uh, people who are really controlling the planet. Right. Sort of like paranoid, delusional sort of persecutory kind of Look, schizophrenic if, ravings. If you've ever guy. listened to someone who really believes in like the the government conspiracies um, to make deals with aliens and they know like there's the greys and then there's the reptilians and then there's the like like all the all that shit. If you've listened to them for more than five minutes, you know what this guy is. He's in any other context, a nut job. And even in the context of the people who actually can see what's going on, still kind of a nut job. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that, that happens. And then, um, the next day, Roddy Piper walks over across the street to the church 
the guy who runs the like the local mission church or whatever is the guy who's uh like the head of charity for the shantytown thing mm-hmm. and roddy piper sneaks in the back and discovers like chemistry lab in there mm-hmm. and there's a secret like panel in the wall that he opens and he looks in there and it's stacked with a bunch of cardboard boxes he doesn't know what's in there so he carefully closes all that up sneaks out he finds out they're not doing church in there instead of like a congregation singing there's just a speaker yes in one of the only examples of science invading church I had to laugh a little bit. It's like, oh, the church fuck the church is fucking up all of the science and technology and, and innovations that we have made in the many decades that we've been doing that. But in this movie, science goes into the church. So it's sort of like Soviet Russia. <laughs> science <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Science ruined church for you. Yes. I'm just going to – this is like the third cast I've done a Russian accent on. Yeah. It should just be a thing for you. should always slip I, one in somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I blame Night Witches. We've been playing that with my gaming group. You get the you get the fake uh, phony baloney Russian accent and you're running through your brain. Yeah, pretty much. I think your Russian accent's pretty good, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably really phony baloney, but it, it's, it sounds funny, though. Look, everything either veers towards Russian or Swedish – like I can st- I can start trying to do any other accent and I will end up at one of those points. Yeah, I'm from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So 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 what happens? The uh, the church is raided by a police force and everybody is kicked out. They they mow down the shanty town. They mow run, down the shanty town. Run it over. Yeah, Rowdy Piper sees like the guy, a couple of the guys that were nice to him getting just like beaten to shit by the cops with their batons. Yeah, that would never happen in reality. No. Mm-mm. And um, he runs away. And then the next day he comes back to the ruined church and kicks down the panel that he had found like boxes behind and, and carefully put back. So he kicks down the panel, goes in, gets one of these boxes. He figures it's got to be something good. Drugs or money or something or like drugs, what, drug money, drug money <laughs> or drug money. Yeah, something. And he opens the box, and all he finds is a bunch of cheap plastic sunglasses. And he gets, he's like, ah, like what really? the fuck, really? He's like, really? This is like, mm. this is like when you go to the the um, the grocery store, like twenty five cent. You turn the dial, and like a little plastic bubble comes down, and like <sighs> like there's eight different things you could get, and seven of them are super cool, and one of them is not. And yeah. you get that one. It's like a Britney Spears sticker or something. No, like, no. Britney Spears? It's like a Super Bowl that doesn't bounce. <laughs> That's what it is. Island of Misfit Toys. Mm-hmm. It's like a little plastic thing that's supposed to be cool, but it's not. It's like a not. cat turd. Comes rattling out. I've never encountered cat cat turds in grocery store toy machines. Well. You, I think we're at the wrong grocery store. Yeah, I used to work in ghetto neighborhoods, so. So they, they just filled their, their vending machines with cat turds? Yeah, that's what you did. You know? <laughs> it was like, it's fun for a kid. Cat shit is fun for a kid. Yeah, you could kick it around like a <laughs> ball. You, you could also, play jacks with it. You could do that with a rock, and it's, yeah. it's less fecal. There's no, there's no rocks in the poor neighborhood. There's plenty of rocks in the poor, poor neighborhoods. Listen, I'm just making this shit up, so oh, okay. just give me a break here. All right. So he gets these these sunglasses. He's got a box of sunglasses. He's like, fuck this. is stupid shit. But he, he still takes one. He takes a pair of sunglasses and takes the remain box filled with the remaining sunglasses and like buries it in the bottom of a trash can in an alley somewhere. Like, maybe this will be useful. I don't know what. So he goes down the street, he's walking down the street, and he puts on the sunglasses for big plot point number one, and what happens? He looks at a billboard, and instead of it being a billboard for this, like, fabulous computer, it is a blank white 
square with the word in all caps, OBEY. Yeah, like those Shepherd Fairy posters yes. with uh, Andre the Giant that said OBEY. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, well, fuck, I, that's clearly, I just had a seizure or something. So then he takes the sunglasses off and puts them on, takes them off, puts them on a couple of times. Like 16 times. Yeah. He's like, OBEY, regular billboard, OBEY, regular billboard, obey. And then he finally thinks, like, maybe I should look somewhere else. Maybe I should just train this one. my gaze in some different direction. Maybe these glasses weren't meant to just change the view of this one billboard. Right. And then, so he looks at a different one, which is like, oh, go to the Caribbean. It's like a fantastic place for vacations. Also, there's this half-naked lady here. And he looks at that one, and it says, marry and propagate. Right. And he ends up going to a magazine stand, and he looks through a popular magazine, like a Newsweek or something. And on every page is some kind of like a slogan, which is like... like, Sleep or, you know, uh, uh, no thinking... Right. Or I can't remember. Some right. You see someone with a handful of. Consume. Yeah, that was one of them. Handful of dollar bills and the dollar bills, instead of being like greenback dollar bills, it says, this is your God mm-hmm. on the dollar bills. And he also sees that some people, generally the well-to-do rich people that he encounters or the people who are dressed well in suits and stuff, don't look like people. Their faces look like weird skeleton plastic creatures like black skeletal faces they look like kind of if you had flayed a human being and so their muscles were all showing but like in the way that muscles show on an anatomical model where they've kind of painted it different colors yeah and they're kind of mummified a little bit too. a little bit yeah yeah well and it it was a pretty cheap visual effect i'm pretty sure those were just like masks that they put on those actors oh yeah when you see them talking like the mouth just kind of like goes it doesn't articulate or anything but honestly it's fine this movie doesn't need to be like the super special effects cgi-ness no it looks creepy it looks looks creepy and it gets the point across. It gets the point across. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know what to make of this. For a long time, he just kind of staggers around getting progressively more irritable. Yes. Now, they kind of make a point of it later on in the movie a couple of times saying that when you wear this glass, when you wear these glasses, it affects your brain in some way. It gives you a headache. It makes you feel bad. It makes it's you like tired. you're on drugs. It makes yeah. you tired. It gives you a migraine. That sort of thing. So I guess that's part of it. Right. But, like if you or I put those on and saw that, you'd be like, holy shit, I'm seeing something s- scary here. I'm going to go to my best friend and explain in easy terms what to do. No. What he does is he walks into a bank and starts murdering people. Yeah. Well, first he kills a couple of cops. Yes. But they're like, they're alien cops. Right. So in his head, that's justified. Right. He just starts murdering people that he sees alien faces on. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't look like a human being, he will shoot in the face. Yeah. How does he get his first gun? He just takes one off the cops. Oh, the cops are going to take him in. The cops are like, hey, we know you got the glances. We know you can see us because he gives the game away somewhere. He's like, he's he's in in a grocery grocery store. store. And he's like, you're an ugly lady. You, the others of you look normal, but she looks like something. She's talking into her watch, this, the the alien lady, whatever. We're going to call them aliens, right? Yeah, I think that's what we're supposed yeah. to. Uh, the alien now. lady's talking into her wristwatch. She's like, he's, he can see us. There's one of them that can see us. He's a blonde man, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. And he's and He has a fabulous mullet in this, guys. Oh, my God. It's a glorious blonde it mullet. It is great. 
Yeah, so this lady is is talking to him, and and he runs out, tries to escape, and the cops catch up to him. And then they're like, they're actually kind of being like, "Hey, dude, let's be reasonable about this." They're alien cops. They're alien cops, both of them. He's like, "Let's be reasonable about this. Why don't you come with us? We'll have a little chat. Nothing, nothing bad's gonna happen. We just, you know, we just want to get a few things squared away with you." Which. I'm sure was still going to end up with him being dead. But, yeah, no doubt. But at least it's like they didn't come out guns blazing and just shoot at him. No, they didn't execute him in broad daylight. In no, 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 no. But what does he do? Well, they come up to him and he punches their lights out. And then, and he, then he grabs their pistol and shoots them. Yes. Yes. Because, again, the best choice in this situation is murder. Apparently. So he shoots the cops with their own pistol, goes to the cop car, takes a shotgun out of the front seat of the cop car. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into the bank. And then he goes into the bank and says his famous line. His famous line, which is, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Which was an ad lib. That was not in the original script. That actually was a a thing that Roddy Piper had kind of come up with but hadn't used yet for his wrestling career. And he was, he would have used it like when he cut a promo or, you know, anything where they were, you yeah, know, if he was talking to mean Gene Okerlund. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that is a very wrestler thing to say. You know, mean Gene, I came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yep. That's perfect. Done. <laughs> so it's he, funny. It's so he, yeah, he dropped it into the movie. It's probably the, aside from the five minute alley fight, it's probably the most iconic bit of, of stuff from this film. Yeah. And so basically he just opens up people in the bank and just, just starts shooting them. anybody that he can see with these glasses that looks like an alien. Now, look, this is my thing. Hmm. This is one part where the movie could have been a little bit of a different thing. Sure. Where he, as a, if this were a little bit of a better movie, if he as a character was kind of like confused, is this real mm-hmm. or am I going crazy? Because this is something a crazy person would do. Oh, yes. And what is it kind of remarkable about this movie is that he never, ever questions what he's seeing. Like, I put on these glasses. I see half the world or not half the world, but, you know, like one in one in five people are these scary looking aliens. And I'm going to just go on a killing rampage and sure. start killing them. Because that's the and natural because, next step. Because they're aliens. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. I mean, no. I saw it through my glasses. Right. Now, any normal person would do that and say, like, this is what happens to a crazy person. Maybe I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I need someone to, to corroborate this. Well, and the, the problem with that is, and I, we're, we're going to get to her, but it's at a point in the future, there's another character who he's like, you need to put these glasses on so you can see what I see. And she's like, great. I will put those on, but you need to realize you have a gun and whether or not I see what you see through these glasses, I am going to tell you that I see what you see through these glasses. Yeah, which it sort of explains the situation. Yeah. I mean, that's basically that's what happens next. He takes a woman hostage. Right. In order to get away because the cops show up. He shot up this bank. He's killed, murdered, I don't know, a dozen people in this bank. Lots of people. Cold blood. Mm -hmm. Aliens. But no one can see them as aliens. So basically what the people in the bank saw is this dude come in with a bunch of guns and murder a whole ton of people. Yes. And then the cops show up and he escapes by taking a hostage who is uh, Evil Lynn from uh, Masters of the Universe. The actress's name is Meg Meg Foster. And we did talk about her previously on our Masters of the Universe podcast, which she played, as Eric said, Evil Lynn. 
And the reason that we knew that it was her right off the bat is because... She has the most amazing light blue, gray blue eyes yeah, you've ever seen. I mean, you can see them from 20 feet away. They are super, super like light. They look like contact lenses. Kind of, but there's... I don't know. I don't know that they look like contact lenses, but they do, yeah. they do look like kind of a special effect. And as, as we mentioned in the Masters of the Universe podcast, one of the things that her agent will often do is when she is up for role, she will pitch Meg Foster as, Hey, not only do you get a good actress who can turn in a good performance for you, you get a free special effect because her eyes look so strange and, and mesmerizing. Yeah. They're, they're not necessarily even pretty. Um, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that they make her look ugly or freakish, but they are be, they're, they're so striking. They're a they're little beyond, distracting. They're distracting. Yeah. They're, they're a little distracting, distracting from, from the rest of her. And she's a perfectly good actress and she, you know, yeah, obviously no, once like again, her. a very pretty woman mm-hmm. and a very nice actress and, uh, I'm sure a good person. And, you know, she I thought she did a great job. I thought she was really children. good in this film. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Rowdy, ra- uh, not Rowdy, Rowdy no, Piper. No, there's no just, rowdiness. No. Crazy Rowdy Piper. Crazy almost. Rowdy Piper. Bonkers Rowdy Piper. Bonkers Rowdy Piper uh, takes her hostage, mm-hmm. makes her take him to her home. She lives in a beautiful, wealthy mansion house in the Hollywood Hills. Sure. And goes up to her place, holds a gun on her, and says, you need to look through these glasses. And she gives him the story, like you said, which mm-hmm. is like, sure, I'll look through your glasses, but I'm just going to tell you what you want to hear because I'm right. frightened of you. Right. And so so she, she of all the hostages and hostage situations in movies, she's like the most like calm and collected. She's just kind of like, okay, you have a gun. We're at my place. What What is it you want to do? You, you want to just rest? Great. I'm going to go get a glass of water because I'm thirsty. Is that cool? Yes. And then she calls the police, right? She kicks him through the window. Right. Oh, that's right. She does that first and then calls yeah. the police. Yeah. yeah. So, so she's- he's like staggering around the apartment because he's been affected by these glasses. And she, he's like, don't don't even try anything with me. And she's like, okay, I won't. Kicks him through the window. Huge, like sliding yeah. plank glass door window. And he tumbles down like three stories into the underbrush mm-hmm. and tumbles down into like a canyon. It was great. It was totally unexpected, too. Cause it yeah, was it just is unexpected. Like, I was just like, wait, what did she just do? Like- Kudos to you, hostage lady. Yeah, I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, you know what? Not because he was a jerk. Well, he was a jerk. He was a jerk. But because, like, that was somebody doing something sensible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, holy shit, this guy's going to kill me. I'm going to kill him first. Yeah, got to do that. And if you ever get in a situation where they're like, I'm going to kill you, you need to dig your grave. Don't do it. Just don't dig. (laughs) Because they're going to kill you anyway. And at least... Do you really want to live that last few minutes digging a grave? Yeah. And also, like, fuck you, guy. Like, you You should dig my grave, you lazy fucker. You dig it. If you want to kill me so bad, you dig it. I don't want to dig it. You're going to kill me anyway. So fuck you. That would be me. So he falls. She kicks him through the window, smashes through a huge plate glass window, falls like three stories. Tumbles down into a canyon. She calls the cops, and the cops are coming. He's not dead. No, In somehow fact, he just like pops up and walks away. Yeah, he kind of landed on his head too. Which <laughs> whoever I don't know if that was like a actually thick, thick bone head. Well, I mean, he's a wrestler, so he's probably got a little extra callus and scar tissue going on in his yeah, probably in his head region. But uh, yeah, so he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta fuck out. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So he does. So he does, and he winds up going back to his buddy uh, Keith David. At the construction site. At the construction site. And he's like, hey, Keith David, 
I got to show you something. And Keith David's like, what's the matter with you? I heard you went on a killing rampage. I don't want anything to do with you. Stay away from me. I got a wife. I got kids. Just keep the fuck away. Mm -hmm. Again, totally reasonable reaction to a dude you just met who murdered a bunch of people showing up and wanting to make you wear a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. And and Piper says to Keith David, listen, put these sunglasses on. Keith David's like, no. Piper's like, you better. Otherwise, I'm going to punch you. And Keith David's like, bring it. Yeah. Fuck you, guy. I am not wearing your stupid glasses. Keep away from me. Leave me the hell alone. And Piper's like, well, you got to see what's going to be through this. It's all this crazy stuff. And and this guy's like, I don't even want to hear it. You make no sense to me. You're a crazy man. You need to get help. Yeah. Who punches first? I think it was Keith David. Mm, Roddy Piper, I think, swings and Keith David ducks. Yeah. Yeah. And and has a few like uh, quick punches, body blows. Mm -hmm. And then a very, yeah, I'm not going to say very long, but I'm going to say a long fight ensues. Now, originally... In the in the actual script, the fight was only supposed to be 20 seconds. It was going to be like a couple of punches and then the end. But Roddy Piper and Keith David and I think like their fight choreographer had come up with this, like all of this fight choreography and they ended up showing it to John Carpenter and he was like, wow, you know, this is really good. You guys have practiced like a couple weeks now, huh? And they were like, yes. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to put all of that in. All of it. Well, Roddy Piper was really good at doing that because of his career in wrestling up to that sure, point. Sure, absolutely. And there are some straight up wrestling moves in this Oh, fight. yeah. There's a lot of wrestling moves. There's Yeah. There's a lot. Like, it's one of those things where you're like watching it and you're like, right, he's a wrestler. And it kind of happened yeah, in- The suplex. You see the suplex move several times. Yeah. It happened a little bit in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah. And we also kind of saw- feel kind of cheated if you went to a movie starring Roddy Piper and he didn't do at least a little bit of wrestling stuff. Just a there. touch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also saw it in Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. Oh, and, yeah. And the, the tallest goon of the world. Oh, yeah. I love that <laughs> what guy. What was his name? Samson? I think Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. I don't know. He's the best goon. He's so tall. So they have this fight, and the fight, instead of lasting 20 seconds, lasts five minutes? Five minutes and 20-some seconds. All right. Now, I was gonna, I said before we watched this movie, it's like, oh, that's a, like a fight goes on 15 minutes. And Megan's like, well... Actually, it's five. It's like five. It's yeah. like five. And it just, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Five minutes of just two dudes slugging it out in an alley, just like trading blows for five minutes seems like an eternity. Well, well it seems like a 15 minute eternity, I guess. Right. And it's not just them punching each other for five minutes. There's, mm. well, no, there's some punching and then there's like, at one point, like Roddy Piper picks up a, a board and they're swinging like yeah, improvised okay. weapons yeah, at each other. You're right, yeah. And he ends up breaking the back window yeah. of a car. It's, and, yeah, I think it's his car. I think it's Keith David's car. Yes. There is and, some. Yeah. And uh, Roddy Piper's swinging this board and it was kind of toward the end of the five minute fight. So it's like four minutes into the five minute fight. Right. And he picks up this board and starts swinging it, smashes out the window of Keith David's car. And then Piper starts laughing about it. <laughs> oh, jeez, I'm sorry, dude. And they end up just like punching each other unconscious. Yeah. They punch each other until they're just tired of punching. Like yeah, they're just. They're, they're both staggeringly bad off. And eventually, Keith David loses, sort of, the fight. Piper puts the They Live glasses. They called them something like Harrison lenses or something early yeah, on it was, in the film. Yeah, it's some kind of lenses. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It's, it's got a name. It's not important. He, he puts these sunglasses on uh, Keith David's face and like kinda... walks him out and shows him. Right. Oh, no, they see the guys at the end of the uh, alley, like with the scary faces, the yes. aliens. 
And Keith David's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Piper's like, see, I told you so. We got to do something. So they go and get a room at a hotel. Yes, because that's that's what you do when you and your buddy decide that you're going to... The whole thing about Keith David having a wife and kids and the whole family, that just goes right out the window. Right. Well, that's that's his not gaze. Oh, yeah. You know what? I didn't think about that. That's the the not gaze. In this movie, nobody's going to have sex with anybody because there's just too much weirdness going on. Until the the very, very end. The very last scene of the movie. But, uh, yeah, no, that's the only way you're going to establish that they're not gay. Yeah, good point. Yep. I didn't even catch the not gay thing. That's very very subtle. But Hat tip there. to Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they end up in this hotel room, and they're kind of like, well, what are we going to do? The, they're all swollen and beat up, which is a c- cool makeup effect. I mean, they look like they've been pummeling one another in an alley for five minutes, which most of the time in movies, There's people like a, pummel each other, and you've got like a little... Like a cut. A little cut, and maybe like a little two, bruise. Two but, drops of blood. Right. And these guys are like all lumpy and, and dirty. awful. Yeah, and dirty and yeah. fucked up looking, which yeah. is kind of cool. It, look, they're going to follow through with that fight. And I, I kind of feel like John Carpenter... Carpenter does do this sort of thing in a lot of his films. Like, in The Thing, people get progressively more and more fucked up. I mean, part of it is because they're... Yeah. Yeah, it's The Thing. Um, And there's some other, like, movies where I feel like he's just like, yeah, no, let's just show him looking shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, what are we going to do? Like, I don't know. What what should we do? Like, I don't know. Have you got any bright ideas? It's like, I don't know. I don't have any bright ideas. How about you? This is like, this is what happens when you get two guys that basically like they're good at building shit, but they're not good at planning shit. Right. Well, I, you know what though? I think at that, at this point, it's kind of like the most realistic that the movie gets. Well, cause where it's like, what do you do? Exactly. What do you do? When exactly. The world is like, fucked up. Like, look, I just got it. Like, say, like, I got into a fight with a good friend of mine and we like came to blows in an alley and he put these sunglasses on my face and I saw this and we went to a hotel room and he was like, well, what are we going to do about it? And I'd be like, holy shit. I have I don't no know. idea. Well, I don't, what are they? I wouldn't know where to begin. We don't know what they are. You're the one who gave me these classes. You're yeah. the ones making me do it. What's your idea? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't have no idea. I was, I that's why I gave them to you. I hope you had some idea. Anyway, Keith David says, well, we got to find the guys that made these glasses. Which is a good plan. But they don't find those guys. Those guys find them. Which is even a better plan. <laughs> that is <laughs> the right. best plan. The, the best plan is when you're like, we should do something about this. And then exposition guy just wanders into your hotel room and is like, here's what you need to do. Because yeah. then come to our special meeting. You have these special glasses. We have a whole club of people who can see. It was very AA too. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> I mean, was. It was like it's like okay, so we're gonna meet at this church. Now the only difference between like AA and the a- alien people, alien watcher people, is that AA does not usually have a guy that looks like a biker with a sh- pump action shotgun guarding the door. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I there's been like to an AA meeting in twenty years. Maybe so. there's like like some. Like, I don't know, like biker church or I don't know. I was, yeah. I, you know, the only thing I was sort of disappointed, they didn't have any like donuts and coffee. Coffee and at cigarettes, the, right. At the, at the meeting. That seems like, you know, if you're going to freak people out about the aliens that live on the planet and all your conspiracy theories, at least you could like maybe, I don't know, spring for a box of 50 like munchkins from yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so there's a table full of weapons. But no donuts. But no donuts. But a table full of weapons. Okay. Automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, grenades, mm-hmm. uh, watches, like communications watches that mm-hmm. were stolen off the aliens, all spread out on the table. And 
Roddy Piper and Keith David start stocking up on weapons while the rest of the group starts arguing amongst themselves like good liberals always do. Mm -hmm. Like, what should we do? Well, we should keep our heads down and keep our mouths shut. Well, we should really do something. Well, there's not enough of us to get anything done. And they argue and argue back and forth and don't do shit until the police come crashing through and murder all of them. They're the worst goons of the world. This is what liberals do. They argue about a problem, can't get anything done about a problem, argue more about a problem. And then get shot. And then they get killed. Because they're the first up against the wall when the revolution comes. I well, mean, dictatorship. The, yeah. I mean, fascism. Right, I mean, when fascism fuck. comes. Yeah, alien fascism. Exactly fuck. this What is exactly what's happening. Yep. I mean, this is an, olig- uh, uh, an oligarchy and uh, uh, oligopoly or whatever. These are the powerful and wealthy people. Some of them are aliens and some of them are human just, collaborators. Yeah, they're just rich. Yeah, this movie was made in response to Reaganism. Yeah. Because this is the Well, we're, we're here where we are today because of what Ronald Reagan started in 1980. 19, 1981, when he fired all of the union workers in the Air Traffic Controllers Union, 11,000 or whatever that was. Whenever the, When that started, that was the decline of unions and union membership, and that was the absolute moment when the Democratic coalition started to fall apart. Mm. Because as soon as you started losing the labor unions, as soon as working people started to see labor unions as enemies of theirs there's a little bit of that early on in this movie like when he goes to work on a construction site and the the construction foreman is like oh this is a union job and he looks over and he sees a bunch of guys standing around doing fuck all and you're like i get it unions i you know what these guys get paid a lot of money to sit around and do shit right we've all seen it but what happened was we lost these unions and all of a sudden now we don't have anybody out there who's who has any kind of political power or force or will to do anything for the working man anymore. So all you got is these oligarchs coming in and kicking down doors and saying, you know, work for us, obey, or we'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are today. But in the movie, they're blue-faced aliens, and in the real world, they're reptilians. <laughs> reptilians. That are just wearing skin suits of humanity. And they have made a deal with the other alien races so that everyone from outer space can work and, you know, collaborate on the downfall of humanity right. in secret. Well, the collaborators in the downfall of humanity, I would put with the Beltway Media crowd. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, your Chuck Todd's and your David Brooks's and... Geez, you know, I'd even go all the way and say, like, you know, any any of those guys on MSNBC, CNN, Anderson Cooper, any of these people, they are all completely bound up with making sure that you they normalize these aliens who are among us who are going to rape and pillage and destroy the planet for their own gain and self-interest because they get to suck up a few of the extra crumbs that fall off the table. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got in this movie. Yes. The reptoids are out there and they're coming for anything you find special. They're not reptoids. They're the top one-tenth of a percent of income earners in this country. Mm-hmm. Reptilians. <sighs> They're... Now, some people like to think that the greys are in charge, and maybe they are in some some areas, but most conspiracy theorists that I think make the most sense talk about the reptoids. Lizards. Well, it could be the reptoids. could be the Illuminati. Look, oh, well, yes, of course, the Illuminati. 
I mean, that goes without saying, Eric. Yeah. The Illuminati is around. It's just everywhere. Yeah. And the Freemasons are all about that shit, yeah, too. We all like to point our fingers and joke about this kind of stuff until those guys take over. Oh, no, no. And then, I know. you know, then I'm, here we sit like, oh, well, we had insurance last week, but we don't have insurance anymore. <laughs> yes. I guess it's the reptoids. <laughs> Make another joke, John Stewart. <laughs> That's really funny. We're all cracking up out here, Samantha B. <laughs> Have I told you about Thetan? <laughs> because I could. And this is what I was afraid of when I was watching the movie, because I was thinking to myself, it's like, how are we going to get through we can't. an episode of this movie without me becoming very angry and agitated about current politics? We can't. The point, and we can't. The point of this movie was to make people angry about politics. Like, that's that's the the undercurrent of this film. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole point. So it's, it's sad that the situation and circumstances that created this film are now in present day, almost <laughs> 20 years later, coming to pass. Yes. I mean, that's, that's coming the, into full fruition 30 years later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. I can't even fucking do math 30 mm -hmm. years later. So, you know, it's kind of, I mean, when I was watching it, I was kind of like, oh, man. You know, I'm sure back in 1988, people were like, this is weird and it's never going to happen. Yeah, I remember watching this movie. I probably haven't seen this movie in 10 years. And I remember the last time watching this this film, thinking to myself, like, huh, you know, things haven't changed that much. But, you know, I guess it's that, that was like a, it was a, a relic of the Reagan era. Now, here we here we are. We've, yes. come, we've yes. come full circle all the way back. So anyway, so the police show up, they shoot up this fucking, not an AA meeting, but an, it's a kind of an AA meeting. It's Aliens Anonymous, <laughs> not Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you, Megan. You came up with the dad joke of the day. Yay. Hey. I did a thing. And you see, Keith David and Roddy Piper have been gorging themselves at the guns, but no donuts table. So they have like all of the automatic weapons and grenades and pistols and whatevers mm. and so they run away they fuck off down the alleyway yeah and they're like cornered yeah but they have a secret but they've got one of those wristwatches, those like two-way communicator dick tracy fucking watches and <laughs> it opens up a dimensional rift or something it right? makes yeah, a hole like... in the ground that they jump through because that's another thing that aliens can do is yeah, they it's can like make a portal thing temp like a temporal portal in the ground so you can disappear real fast sure right and they find themselves in kind of a network of tunnels, sewer drain. Yeah, kind I of think things. we're led to believe it's underneath the. It's underneath the city. The city, the television broadcast building, like some big office building mm -hmm. downtown LA. And they're like wow. Channel Fifty Six, Fifty Two, Channel Fifty Two. I think maybe I don't know. Was it? I don't know. It's Fifty something. Channel Fifty something. Channel 50-something. So, uh, yes, so they're like, well, where the fuck are we? I guess we just wander around now? Yeah, let's wander around. So they wander around for a while and eventually come into a fancy banquet room with drapes and people and a speaker. Yeah, and the speaker is an alien and he's talking to the room full of collaborators. Right. Some of them the are Chuck aliens. The Chuck Todds. Some of them are regular people. The David Brookses. Yeah, we... <laughs> Guys, if we took a turn down the Eric, Rahm Emanuel's down Eric's anger, angry politics lane. 
Dude, I mean, look, this is this is this is exactly what we're seeing today. I know. This is like you know those those White House correspondence dinners yeah. that you see every year, mm-hmm. where they're cutting up on stage and everybody's having a good laugh and they're all elbowing one another at the at the banquet tables. That is this. Yeah, it's like we are all getting together and laughing and scratching and having a good time. But you know what? We're all on the same side, really. We, the media, pretend to hold these politicians to account, but. Basically, we come up with this little kabuki play where we go like, well, you know, emails, well, you know, grab them by the pussy, well, you know, uh, Benghazi, well, you know, like uh, uh, Russian meddling in the election and like, well, you know, who's to say, who's to say who's the bad guy? And that's what these guys are doing. I mean, they're, they're, they're covering up for these evil aliens who are taking, you know what the thing is, is like they're talking about the gases on the planet. They're talking about methane and CO2 and it's changing the atmosphere. That's the thing I did not remember from this movie. Yeah. We got a little climate change going on. There's a climate change thing going on. And this movie was made in 1988. And they're talking about the greenhouse gases that are, that are expanding and are create, are changing the environment so that this planet can be taken over by these alien reptoids or whatever they are. But what about the chemtrails. Can someone please remember that chemtrails are out there and that they are causing all kinds of bad things to happen? Uh, yeah, well. I, I'm just going to keep breaking in with like conspiracy theory shit just to like, because I feel like as you're going to get a big bunch of, of political ranty anger from Eric in this episode. So you might, yeah. I'm just going to keep Already talking have. about chemtrails and reptoids. Yeah, start talking about GMOs. I don't really, I don't have anything to say about GMOs. What? Really? Yeah. That's my other favorite, like, left-wing conspiracy bullshit thing where it's like, you know, like these GMO organisms are somehow poisonous to you in some remarkable but undefined way. Like, high fructose corn syrup is going to kill us all. Yeah. Worry about that, guys. See where that gets you. Right. Okay, so the banquet's going on, and the guy's, like, talking, and... Cane sugar's where it's at, man. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. That's good for you. Yeah, and so, uh... As a doctor, I can speak to that. <clears throat> Bullshit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so this thing is going on, there's a speech being had. They just sort of wander in. They've got giant fucking guns. Nobody seems to give a shit. Yeah, BFGs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, there's these two dirty men that just wandered, <laughs> wandered into yeah, our dirty fancy, and bruised. our fancy dress up event. And sure, just let him be. That's cool. That's fine. I mean, the one guy, clearly we had like an APB out on him. Like his face was on every television screen. All of us on our little wristwatch network, we were describing him to everyone else. But no one seems to care that he wandered into our banquet hall with a giant gun and his friend, who also has a giant gun, and they're just sort of like moseying around. Well, and the alien on the podium is talking and he's like, I just got the word in that we destroyed the last of the human resistance here in Los Angeles, so we don't have to worry about those guys anymore. And everybody's clapping. Hooray. That's true. That was part of his speech. So one of the, one of the guys that was in the hobo shantytown with them, strolls up next to him and he's wearing black tie attire and he looks at them and he's like i'm really glad that you two have joined us you know you're so welcome here and he's drinking a big giant mug of champagne <laughs> and he's like well you know guys you it's should- easy street from here on out it's all the gravy trade from here yeah he's like guys you should maybe next time dress for the occasion because this is not working and roddy piper's like uh okay sure we'll do that and then Rando guy is like, hey, 
have you have you gone on the tour? Have you seen everything? And they're like, no, you should take us on the tour. He's like, come on, I'll exposition our way through this this bunker. Right. And so we get to see all the interesting things that are in the bunker. Here's the teleportation room where Hooray! the aliens come and go from the Andromeda galaxy. Yes. It has something to do with gravitational lensing. I don't really understand it. Shrug. Who cares? Yeah. Hand wave. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go over here. And oh, did you guys... I love those wristwatches. Did you guys come through a portal? Because I love those. I know we're only supposed to use them when it's an emergency, but... They're just so much fun. That is literally what the guy says in the movie. They're just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, shit goes south and uh, gun battle ensues. And As you do. They decide that they need to make it up to the top floor of this building where there is a satellite dish antenna type thing, which is broadcasting out waves, which are responsible for disguising the aliens to the normal humans. It's not that normal humans can't see aliens in their natural form. It's that our senses are being clouded by some sort of broadcast that's coming out of a dish. Yeah. Throughout the movie, people, normal people, human people, keep complaining about getting headaches. Right. Like, over and over again, they're like, oh, I got such a bad headache from watching that TV. I got so much, I got a bad headache from, like, listening to that thing. So, this is an ongoing thing. Our brains are being manipulated by chemtrails. By chemtrails. Yep. So, they fight their way GMOs. up. <clears throat> they fight their way up, level by level. They, and this is kind of where things get a little bit padded, because it's like, how many army dudes can you shoot in hallways? Yeah, there's a lot of army dudes. There's a lot of army dudes hallways. getting shot in hallways. And so, uh, they're making their way up, making their way up. Oh, you know what? But, like, right before that rando guy, the guy from the uh, uh, the camp, yeah, the guy that's showing them around, uh-huh. like, right before he disappears, he's like, he says, you know... Everybody sells out. You sell out. I sell out. Everybody sells out. It's better to be on the winning team. That's 30% of the Republicans out there. That's exactly what they're saying. Ted Cruz, he's like, yeah, you know what? All politicians sell out. I'm going to kiss Donald Trump's ass because I want to be on the winning team. In the end, what's really important is I'm on the winning team. In the end, Mitt Romney is like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, I'll lick Donald Trump's taint for 15 minutes because, you know, maybe he'll, you know, give me a little something, something here. And and, and in the end, what's important is being on the winning team, right? This is America, right? Well, I mean. I know, chemtrails. Let's go. No, I was just going to say it is America. But clearly our treaty with the aliens kind of makes them sort of partially in charge of what's going on actually more than partially so we call it america but really it's probably some like unpronounceable reptilian word Mm -hmm. that sounds sort of like claws scrabbling on concrete cacistocracy i think is what they call it Mm. is that a government ruled by shittiness that's yeah it's a government ruled by the worst oh is a cacistocracy k-a-k-i-s-t-o-c-r-a-c-y wow that's an actual word yeah i thought you just made that up nope oh wow huh well there you go you guys you are learning so much on this podcast you're learning about this movie you are learning about Eric's political views. <laughs> Eric's anger issues. You are learning about how, kind of how many hours of the conspiracy theory podcasts I listen to, which is a lot. I don't believe in them. I just find them funny. And we're also learning new words. Yeah. It's a big learning experience today. Well, on their way up to the roof to try to destroy the transmission antenna, I guess, which is 
Like, this is the It's last, the MacGuffin. It's the MacGuffin. It's the last part of the third act. We're going to destroy this thing. Uh, P- Roddy Piper wants to find Evil Lynn because he believes that she's on his side, which she isn't. No, she's on her side. She is basically on the side of she's Ted on, Cruz. She's on the winning side. Yeah. Right. She's like, listen, you can't win. Just come, you know collaborate be a collaborator with us oh and right before she says all that she fucking straight up murders keith david in the head yeah she shoots keith david in the head yeah and then holds a gun on roddy piper says drop the gun roddy piper's about to blow up the space dish mm-hmm. whatever the, the transmission dish and he does drop the gun he was holding but yes. remember him and keith david they stocked up on guns at the all the guns you can eat table but no donuts <laughs> Right. I, I kind of want a donut. I think that's why I keep talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's not a donut? A fucking gun. He's got a little, like a little twenty-two up his sleeve or yeah, something. Yeah, he's got it tucked right? up his sleeve. It's like his emergency sleeve gun. Yeah, it's like his Travis Bickle special. Yeah, guys. Oh, look, if you're going to be trying to, to explode an alien communication device, just hide guns all over yourself. Just do it. Like, you never know how many guns you're going to need when you're trying to blow up a satellite dish. Yeah. And in the end, he shoots Evil Lynn. Yep, dead. He gets, he gets shot by the aliens who are... They're like SWAT helicopter SWAT helicopters. Aliens. So he does that. But in the end, he destroys the transmission dish and gives the aliens the middle finger. Yeah, with like a really tiny gun, too. Like, I guess maybe because he broke the glass with the gun and it... I guess. Made an I thought explosion. he had like a little grenade or something at one point, but mm, it, I don't know. It's it's unclear. It's it's, it's unclear. It doesn't except matter. It doesn't really matter no. because he blows up the dish and the aliens are not able to transmit the signal that disguises them and their agenda to all of Southern California or the Los Angeles metro area. I guess I this is another movie where it's like, what what exactly was the range of the of the the alien thing is it only a los angeles is thing it just los angeles because if if one television station antenna is the thing that's controlling all these people it can't control like the whole earth right no i think it's just there was probably a network of local ones here and there but right. this was like the start of the revolution if this had been a series of movies this would have been the first one, and Los Angeles would be like the first city where the first people would awaken and discover that this is happening. So it's kind of like it conquered the world. The, right. Yes. Because so, it much. conquered the world was like, okay. I hate your ever living guts. We're going to start with just this one city, just this one, this one place. And then when I can have more bat babies. <laughs> and I can, because we can only. Right, the control devices. We can only control seven people. A week. Yeah, really. That's very, that's a good call. It's yeah. just like mm-hmm. it conquered the world. Right. So we're going to have one. Instead to, of like one giant cucumber with teeth on it, it's, it's like just, a whole alien race. Right. But only in Los Angeles yeah. or wherever. It's kind of like V, too. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Except I feel like the aliens in V were just more like, fuck you guys, we're just going to murder you. This is our planet now. Well, I think that they were friendly at first. I don't really recall. I don't, there was V the movie, and then there was V the TV series. Right. I couldn't watch that, though, guys. My parents wouldn't let me because it was too scary. I was in grade school. Yeah. I was older than that, but I uh, didn't watch it because it was boring. <laughs> it was bad. I just remember, like... Evil Diana was one of the aliens. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, week after week, it would be, like, on ABC television, Evil Diana. Diana this week plots to take over the local high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember being in grade school and like there was always like that one or two kids that got to watch it. And like we'd be like, what happened? And they're like, 
dude, they ripped their face off. That They're lizards. Ate a rat. Ate a rat. And, it, and we would be like, why are we not watching this? This is amazing. Yeah. Like, we're watching the like. The aliens were snake people. They and were they snake would people. swallow whole rats. Yes. That was like their thing. They would tilt their head back and hold like a rat by its tail and just like. Slurp it down. And we were like, what the fuck? What are we watching? We're watching goddamn Webster. With, with what's his face? Not Dick Buck, because the other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was his Papa, name? Papa something or other. It was a Greek mm. name. Yeah, Papa, yeah. That football guy. Yeah, I That know. football guy that was in Webster, guys. I'm not even going to look it up. You can look it up. Right. Because you probably already know who it was. But right. I don't remember. I just remember I got to watch that shit, and I couldn't watch V. I don't know why I'm so angry at Webster. So, I know. Like, I'm, like, I, I, I'm angry at politics today, and you're angry at the fact you had to watch Webster. You know why I was angry at Webster? Because fucking Webster had a goddamn secret passage in his house, which came into play at what? one point. Really? Yes. Little Webster? Yes. Oh, man. It was like a secret passageway from like the second story of the house down to the first story to the house, and it was behind the grandfather clock. I remember all these details, guys, because... I don't know. I don't know why I remember all these keys. I can't remember where my fucking keys are. At the time, but I f- no, it was not. It was on uh, like network TV. It was like yeah. first run. Yeah. Well, you were watching Webster. Uh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> no, not good for me. <laughs> I wanted to be watching V. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't no, no, matter. no, man, you didn't. You really didn't. Yeah. The closest thing to V I got to watch was Alf. Yeah, Alf was Alf was written by a drug addict. So what do you expect? I don't know. It has one of the bleakest series endings ever, too, for a sitcom. Yeah, it's like a meteor destroys the planet or something. No, 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 no. The government finds him and takes him away to the government testing place. Oh, the meteor destroys the planet at the end of Dinosaurs. Yes. So also, they're like, oh yeah. Also, hey, we're happy dinosaurs. Look, there's a meteor outside the window. I guess nothing bad's gonna happen. Dead. Dead. All dead. <laughs> And Roddy Piper winds up dead. Yep, all dead at the end of this movie. But we get a he little sacrificed his life for an alien montage. An alien montage, and we see people around the city when the ray is turned off, when the broadcast dish is destroyed, suddenly realizing, suddenly realizing that they are living in a world of aliens and being manipulated and lied to. Yes. And, of course, so we get to see, like, they're at a bar, and there's a guy, they're on the street, and there's a guy, alien guy. And then, of course, our last fucking vision of all of this is there is a t- a naked woman. Topless. Top, well, yeah, because she's naked. There are boobs hanging out. Yeah. And behind her on the wall, which clearly was some shitty 1980s artwork, but now you can see it. It says, uh, was Mary and Propagate, I think was the one on the wall. Right. Yeah. And of course we look down to see who she's fucking and she's fucking an alien. And, and she's she suddenly going like, what the fuck is this? Right. And he's like, Hey baby, what's the matter? End of movie. End of movie. Right. And so, so him Credits destroying roll. the, the satellite dish, the broadcast thing would be like in our world. If we could somehow stop CNN and Fox News and Alex Jones and MSNBC and like if somehow we could turn off all of that cable news bullshit. Right. And then. And then people would see what's really going on. Also eliminate the supply of human suits for the reptilians because they go through those. Right? So maybe it wouldn't be like a just like an instantaneous You're trying thing. trying to derail my anger, Megan. But. It would be like, like, so all the news gets shut off and then suddenly, like, you know, um, I don't know, a mama turns into a lizard. I liked the this Pope m- is a lizard. I liked this movie. I didn't love this movie. Illuminati. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I recommend it because it is a cult classic. Yeah. And it has an interesting story to tell, but 
and it's it's not slow paced but it, it really could use a rewrite it could use a reboot it could use a retelling there could be interesting things that aren't developed developed more this honestly, and there could be parts that are trimmed down and have like an even more on point version of this movie would be great right and honestly i don't know that could be made today quite it, honestly absolutely could be made today i actually just was thinking about it like so the twilight zone is done but you know what is like raging and going on black mirror black mirror mm-hmm. i was just about to say it so if you're going to update this and use technology and use sort of like more modern themes Black Mirror would be where you would do this. Absolutely. Perfect episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Or a Netflix miniseries. I don't even think it warrants a miniseries. Yeah, like, you know really? what? You could you could continue from that point, though, like where the battle begins and how it spreads across the country. And you, I mean, you could make it you could make it bigger and more important. Well, there could they, be follow they, more of the people that have the glasses and stuff. They have a show called Falling Skies, which I've watched the first few seasons of. It has mm-hmm. Noah Wiley in it. Remember Noah Wiley of uh, ER fame? Oh, that dude. I hate that guy. <laughs> no, I don't hate him. He's why fine. Do you He's hate like, him? No, no, no. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking of Scrubs. No, 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 that no. That stupid no. fucker from Scrubs that's that was Zach in that Raff. awful movie with yeah, uh, uh, Natalie Raff. Portman. Fun fact. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was the worst movie ever. You wish we, if we want to do a bad movie, we should do I that one. I don't think I can Garden watch State? it. Garden State? I don't think Holy I can watch shit. it. Holy shit. Holy shit is that bad. Yeah. I like how he crowdsourced his latest movie, his latest flop. Mm. Hey, you like, know what? I want to make your sequel to Garden State. I'm a millionaire, but you know what? I think all of you guys should pay for it because I'm Zach Braff. <laughs> well, yeah. Fuckers. I hate them all. Yeah. So. Trails. Why were we? Oh, you were confusing Scrubs and uh, ER. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the Noah sh- Wiley, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah the show is about an alien invasion, and they use human beings in a way that sort of makes them alien. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of don't know. Oh, I should watch that show. It sounds fun. What channel is it on? Uh, I watched it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I should check that out. Maybe. I'm not saying it's a great show. I'm just saying it's a show. Yeah, it's a show. It's a show. But yeah, so I think I have a a little bit more of a positive viewing of They Live than Eric does, because I think I think for Eric, this just brings up a lot of angry political things. It really does. And really, really does. Yeah. And he has a lot of anger towards political things. Uh, For me, this was kind of more of an interesting, like, look at sort of how we are influenced by the media, how we are influenced and sort of hoodwinked by the people in power. Uh, I oftentimes love watching shows and stuff that are about that, about the sort of like sociopathic psychology of authority. Maybe, I don't know. Also reptilians. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, I would, I would recommend watching it. Uh, it's probably Roddy Piper's best film. Yeah. I would say um, he's certainly fun in other films. He's very fun in Hell Comes to Frogtown. He's fun in these in some the, of the-, the magical adventures of Billy Owens. No, well, he was <laughs> honestly he was the best part of that shitty movie. <laughs> Your soul was lost in the river. <laughs> uh, for those unfamiliar with what we were talking about, there is a shitty Canadian knockoff of Harry Potter called. The Magical Adventures of Billy Owens. And Roddy Piper... Hat tip to Obscurus Lupa. Yes. Roddy Piper is essentially the Dumbledore. He's, if you took Dumbledore and <laughs> he's, s- yeah, he's, smashed him up he's with... He's Stupidor. Hag- <laughs> yeah, he's Dumbledore and Hagrid basically smashed together. And he's not very good at that. He's dumb Dumbledore. He's dumb Dumbledore. Uh, at one point, his, like, house he's burns Dumble down. Dumber. This is, like, his house burns down and, like, he doesn't have the sense to, like, just get up and walk out the front door, I think. 
I, I honestly, I don't remember that. But movie. anyway, we watched it for the show and we couldn't do an episode. I hated it so much that I couldn't. I just oh, couldn't. actually, we did record an early episode, but we couldn't use we it. We couldn't use it. I think we did that in Pocket Ninjas on the same one. Oh, line. man, Pocket Ninjas. We should do that. We one. could do Pocket Ninjas. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, uh, uh, that's a long way of saying Roddy Piper turns in probably his best performance in this film. Sure. Uh, Keith David is quite likable and is interesting as he's not really a sidekick, but he's a foil, I think, to Roddy Piper because he's the grounded one. I mean, he's good. And yeah, he's very good. He was also great in. Uh, he's got a great voice. <laughs> yes. He's, yes. He's had got a good body of work. And, uh, yeah, I would say if you can get your hands on it, take a look at it. And as a super fun extra, I am going to link to my friend Red Rum, who is a burlesque performer, who does a They Live act. I'd rather watch Red Rum's act than watch this movie again, because it makes me angry. Yes. Well, you know what? Her act is pretty fucking great. Yeah, it is. So She's the Lon Chaney of burlesque. She is. That's her tagline. Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast or join our Facebook community where we post early warnings about our upcoming movie selections and also invite you to join our film discussions. You can email us questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time. I hear a mountain lion. (laughs) Wow. One Sunday morning, we went walking down by the old graveyard in the morning. Looking into